When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? This is a Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. Another day, another dollar. Let me hear you holla. How you doing? How you living? How you learning? How you loving? Thank you guys so much for your support. I say it every week, and I mean it even more and more every week. Check out the YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. Also, don't forget, Cameo and I are partnered up now. Check out the Cameo app. I can make you custom videos for your ma. Your pa, your best friend, your new boyfriend, your ex-girlfriend, hit me up on the Cameo app, book me, and I will make you a custom video. Just make sure you let me know how you want it to appear and what you want me to say and who it's going to. And always with my partners at Mudwater, thank you guys so much. I love them. I love them. I love them. I drink it every day. I also sprinkle in real mushrooms, as you guys know. I'm not telling you what to do or how to live your life, but... Let me just tell you, I sparkle like a motherfucking unicorn by 9 a.m. Check out Mud Water. It is my coffee alternative. I haven't had a cup of coffee in quite some time. And it's how I start my day. You go to mudwater.com, mud, M-U-D, water, W-T-R, dot com forward slash Jesse May. And use code Jesse May Mud to get 15% off your entire purchase. So you're welcome ahead of time. Oh, Chaplin's hacking up along over here. You Okay. Chaplin was licking his butt on my lap, which is just rude and is where my sexual life is at right now. But speaking of sexual life, this episode is a unique episode, and I think I might start to integrate this into the podcast to talk to quote-unquote regular people, but not really regular. I want to call them extraordinary because I met this girl at a show when I asked the room if there were any strippers in the room. And, and no one ever claps or raises a hand for that because society has deemed them to be demons. For some reason, society wants to ostracize strippers like they're some sort of witches. And she was the only one that raised her hand. And her stripper name was Eva or Ava. And her and I had a little chat and I said I wanted to have her on the podcast. And boom, we made it happen. And she ended up being an amazing guest and human being and her and I are now friends and she's going to teach me how to work a pole and I'm going to teach her how to work my comedy pole and all of it's platonic and completely consensual but she was so candid and I felt really special that she shared her life with me because this is on a public platform this ain't for everybody and she was very open about her life and what she how she grew up and everything that sort of led her to becoming a stripper And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's very revealing and super raw and extremely, extremely interesting. I think I may have another career on the horizon, but please enjoy this interview with fashion stylist, former stripper, Johanna Deo. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me hey everybody what's going on it's your girl jesse may this is another sharp tongue podcast but you already know that because you heard the intro from the new studio, ooh, my bungalow, that's right, I'm still in my sweatpants because it's early and your girl is keeping it real. But I dressed up, look, I dressed up for our next guest because it's such a particular, peculiar, unique scenario. I actually met this girl at a show a couple weeks ago in, in Los Angeles at Ha Ha Cafe and I was 
talking about strippers and I asked if anyone had been a stripper and like most shows crickets, you know, because for some reason people think that that's a shameful thing. I am a person who thinks it's amazing. And so she was like, hell yeah. And I was like, that's my, this, I need to talk to this individual. And then we followed each other on socials and she is, she's, more than meets the eye. I mean, she's beautiful, but she's also a fashion stylist and she just seems like a very interesting individual. So please welcome to the show, everybody, Joanna Dale. <laughs> Did I say it right? Johanna, yeah. Johanna. Okay, I almost <laughs> said it right. Johanna, that's so beautiful, that name. Thanks. Well, yeah, she was being really original with the spelling. So, you know, she is original. I mean, she's so original, it confuses people. You're like, Okay, how, there's no way that certain white people can say it without sounding racist. <laughs> yeah, I nobody, even in school, like my whole life, no one ever could say it right. So I actually um, had a nickname given to me by my sister when I was like three, Joby, because she was obsessed with Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on the school <laughs> rosters for like probably all of junior high and high school as Joby. Did because friends call you was, that too? Did it stick? Yeah, my mother still calls me that. That's my cute. like nieces and nephews call me Auntie Joby. That's adorable. I think <laughs> that that's a special thing. Where did you grow up? Seattle. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. And what like what was your upbringing like as a kid? Like, did you have a quintessential like mom, dad, si brothers, sisters oh, yeah. household? Oh no, no, no. no. Um, my mom was a single mom of two. Um, me and my sister have two different dads. Um, and she was super woman. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. We have, we're eight years apart, me and my sister. Um, and I, I really don't know how she did it. My sister was a pain in the ass. I was a pain in the ass, but not until like after I moved out. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that your recollection? <laughs> I would like to talk to your mom. I went through a phase in senior year, but like, other than that, my like bad kid scenarios really happened after. Um, but no, it was, it was, uh, we moved around a lot. Uh, I don't think I stayed in the same school more than like a year, two years. Wow. Why was your mom in the military? No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I really don't know why we moved so much. Um, and it wasn't even like moving a house in within a city. It was like, we're moving to a whole new district. Yeah, I mean, may maybe your mom committed murders and you didn't even know it. You guys it were like in the be. WPP. You know what? She got away with a lot of shit that I don't even, I probably still don't even know that she did. She Do was you... like the CIA. She would take pictures of our shoes at night and the place that they were so that she would know if we snuck out in the morning. She Damn. Would oh, I that's learned actually how to be genius. Like... I'm going to have to tell my sister that because she has a daughter who's very young, but that's a really, it's crazy, but. Sometimes being a mom, you have to be crazy in order to protect your kids. Like that's kind Ooh. of level genius, CIA level genius. Yeah, she was, she was, she learned from my sister, let's say. Yeah. So your sister kind of somewhat fucked it up for you, but it sounds like your rebellion <laughs> didn't happen till you could be rebellious. Yeah. Well, I did. I rebelled for like two weeks in senior year. Cause I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I just like, I snuck out all the time and I really just didn't care <laughs> that I got yeah. caught. Um, and then it finally got to a point. She was like, this isn't you. So we had a conversation and I was like, I need some freedom. Like I wasn't allowed to go to parties. I wasn't allowed to do anything. Cause my sister really did fuck it up for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, your mom was like, Oh, this is how one turns out. Well, let me just put the brakes on for the other one. Yeah. So, and then we came to an understanding, but my mom's like, she doesn't give a flying fuck. She will embarrass the shit out of you if she wants to. So like, our understanding was if I were to go anywhere, I had to give her the address to where I was. That yeah. motherfucker showed up to make sure I was there. She showed up to parties, like walked in to parties. <laughs> I mean, talk about next level embarrassment, but I like, it makes me want to make a movie about your life and your mom, because again, <laughs> You sometimes you have to go to these. You have to literally be like, fuck it. As a mom, do. I don't give a fuck what I look like. I want my daughter to get that because there's a bunch of teenage dick in there and I don't want them near my precious baby's mouth or face. 
or, yep. or any other hole in their body. Yep. And you, and you know, you have to be extreme. Any hole. It's Stay funny. away from all the holes. <laughs> it's funny now because, <laughs> I mean, now I'm 30, but like my my mom and I have, we've always had a really good relationship, but like now it's like, I mean, my mom just started dating after two decades and I'm like talking to her Damn. about sex. But that's kind of special because for me, how old is your mom? 65. She just turned 65. That gives me and every other woman, it should give them all the hope in the world where girls like, oh, I'm never going to do this. Never. Bitch, it's never. As long as you have a viable vagina and heart and soul, it's never over. Never over. She's 65 starting over. And so. What are, is she running into things like every girl runs into like issues and questions like we all go through? Oh, I just had what is she do- like, what, what have the conversations been? Um, well, so with the first boyfriend, <laughs> um, it was more like sex talk. It was very much sex talk. Like it was like, okay, well, here's a, like they, they wanted to make playlists for when they would have sex. And I would like send songs to my m- mother <laughs> I was like, here's a list of fans. Just don't, don't tell me which ones you put on the playlist because I don't want to know. But <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, we need you. I need you to put this playlist on Spotify because I need to listen to what you sent your mom, and I need my fans to listen <laughs> to Johanna. I don't even <laughs> change your whole name. It's the Johanna Sex yeah it was and then it was like having conversations because like I mean if she ever well if he ever sees this he will kill me but um (laughs) she wanted him to go down longer yeah don't we all we we were having conversations of how to like how to talk how to tell him or like talk to him or like uh not talk tell or just keep push his head keep it yeah I mean and these conversations like, oh. you know, because you don't want to sound like a drill sergeant. Like, stay down yeah. there. Like, but you also want to uh, communicate it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they did eventually and they were great. But then now with this, they, they ended up breaking up. But, um, <laughs> but he, didn't have, he didn't have enough of an appetite for your mom, which is crazy. Because if she looks anything like you, which I'm assuming she does. I my mother is white and I I don't look anything like her. Wow. Everybody always used to say that I was a, like they would thought I was adopted because my sister, her dad is also white. So my sister's like six foot two, blonde, blue eyed, white girl. So it's funny because I always try to find the similarities between me and my mother, and I didn't realize what it was until we started talking about her sex life. And you guys have very similar sexual yeah. endeavors. We do. What, what's the similar, what have you, what's the first thing you realized you and your mom had similar with, with sex had in common that you both like, she's going to fucking kill me. Uh, when she told me she was a squirter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. I had no idea it was going to, oh my God. God, your I didn't know that was a genetic trait. Your mom, can we talk? Okay, I sound like fucking Joan Rivers. Um, I taught myself how to squirt because I'm not a natural squirter. I'm more of like I, a gusher. Like I don't. I mean, I have squirted, per right? Se, but like, I'm more just like it gushes out. It gushes out. Well, that's a good thing for your your vagina because you want it to. Like that's protective. You know, you would think Mother Nature would just make us all gushers so that we could avoid a fire, like causing a friction fire in between our legs because we've gone so dry because a guy just has stopped trying and we've yeah. got to, you know, we've got to pull all the weight. It would be nice if we were all gushers, but not all of us are. Um, I Googled how to squirt and I, and I literally went step by step and it worked. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a thing you could teach yourself. You can. I think people need to know this. You can teach yourself. I probably should do uh, a home video, but not like an actual video, but just like an ins- a verbally instructive squirt session for my girls. Um, but yeah, because there is a there's an actual G spot in there, and I thought it was a I thought it was a farce until I found yeah. it, and I was like, 
because oh, guys, well, guys need to see this video too. <laughs> guys need to see it too. I will make it for all all people who are having the sex and want to learn how to squirt because it's a lot of fun. It, it truly is. is. I call my man. The guys like, are like, oh my god, I'm yeah. a god. Right, they feel like gods, and we want them to feel like gods because then they go down on us like the goddesses we are. You know, that's so crazy. Did you like? <laughs> did you lose your mind? Did your mom literally? Now I'm sweating. Did your mom <laughs> literally go? I'm a squirter. I don't even remember how it came up. Honestly, I. Oh my god. I I just remember her saying that, and I was like, <laughs> wait. And then I literally was like, mom, I found out what I got from you. Yeah. You're like, I got love and support and boundaries. <laughs> and oh, um, I also squirt. <laughs> so where, so if you, your mom is white, then what about your dad? What's your dad's scenario? Cause you haven't mentioned him once. <laughs> um, and I hate my... to make it sound like a stereotypical thing. Cause we are going to get into a stripper scenario, but <laughs> <laughs> where's dad? Um, so my dad and my mom and dad got divorced when I was three. Um, my dad was born and raised in Fiji. Um, yeah. Was your mom so, on a cruise? He is Fijian. <laughs> I, most people don't even know that's a thing. It's a thing. Well, no, I just, I mean, I know it's a thing because I've always wanted to go to Fiji, but the only Fijian thing I know is water. Yep. I don't know a Fijian person. Untouched by man. Well, except for your mom. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, What's your mom's? We don't have to say your mom's name. God, was, mom, you're, you've made a be- you've done a great job. Um, How the hell did they meet? So his, so he has thirteen brothers and sisters. Oh fuck! Is that um, the island life? Jesus, island life. It's like tr- it's almost like tribal island life. Like it's ah. like you have a bunch of kids to kind of support the family. Um. So it's a whole nother way of living. Like he, my dad would tell me like he, like he was in gangs in Fiji, but like that meant they like would go and spear fish. Yeah. And like rob coconuts from the tree and throw them at the creatures coming yeah. at that. A Fiji um, gang, they just make rafts and they have like raft races. Like Pocahontas. Yeah. They spell things out in the sand and they have to like, guess what it says the fastest. What do Fiji gangs do? And like, and in my head, like as a kid, I picture like my dad living in like teepees and shit. Like I, (laughs) I literally pictured Maui from Moana, from Moana. And that's not even like, I'm like, and he, and he's like tatted my dad, but my dad's really dark. Like you can't really like tell that much that he has tattoos as much as he has, but he's like full tatted. And like where hands is he now? and all. It's weird. And it's like the stick and poke. Oh, yeah. It's like the tat, like the sound of the original tattoo. Yeah. Wow. Your dad's a badass. You're, yeah. We need to write this movie for you. I'm actually, well, so I started therapy and my therapist on the first session told me I needed to write a book about my life. <laughs> it, honestly, I've embarked on that endeavor myself and it is extremely cathartic. And it also it is through the journey of reliving your life and your past, you learn new things about your family and yourself and you have a new appreciation for where you are and how you got to where you became, mm-hmm. to be, you know? Yeah. So I started an outline of my life. I think it's, I'm already intrigued. I mean, I told you just from the way you responded at the show, I was like, Oh, this girl's got, she's got some magic in her. She's got, <laughs> I, you were so far away, but I was like, there's, there's a magical, aura around this one i could feel it um where where's your dad now you so you guys have even though your parents are separated you have a relationship relatively yeah um a little tumultuous so so his whole family moved to vancouver canada when he was 13 um so that's how they met because my mom grew up in seattle um they they met in like a bar in vancouver i believe um but so when they got divorced my dad moved back to canada um and he's always been in my life. We've had issues. Um, he just wasn't, but he wasn't like there in yeah. my life. But then also for a long time, I mean, I grew up thinking about like the all-American, you know, idea of family. Um, and he didn't, and he didn't know what that really was. So it was a, uh, it was an interesting dynamic, which got 
figured out for the most part um, about five years ago, six years ago. Yeah. I mean, you know, I come from a broken home too, you know, to level out the playing field. Both my parents have since passed, but my mom and dad separated when I was eight or nine. And then my mom moved the neighbor's dad in within the same calendar year. And after like two weeks, I was like, is Steve staying? Why? <laughs> How long is Steve going to be here? Um, and Steve is still in the house. My mom is oh, Steve, Steve's still there. He stuck around. <laughs> I think the reality is, is like our ideology of a traditional family. It, it's almost based off of folklore because when you look at how things have evolved for humans just in the past 100 years, it is, it's completely different from how it was when everyone first settled and people were raising families together yeah. and it was a communal thing, you know, all these revolutions changed the family structure, the sexual revolution and prohibition and just all these things that happened in history that literally changed the way we functioned as humans in society. The family sort of started to get jostled along there. And so here you and I are a product of that, a stand-up comedian and a fashion stylist now, but you did get, you were a stripper, which you were going to get into. <laughs> Eventually we'll get there. <laughs> you didn't have, have, yeah, the last two minutes, everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> But I've always um, been intrigued by strippers and uh, porn stars. I And those groups kind of hang out together, like porn stars, strippers, and comedians. I feel like we all have similar stories and paths that get us to wherever we are in our life. You know, like you and your dad having somewhat of a strained relationship and my mom moving in the neighbor's dad are not ideal. Yeah. They're not ideal. So the question I want to ask you that is the question that I told you why I wanted to have you here, but I also want to talk about your life is what got you into stripping and when, um, like, what, what, what was that whole scenario? It, it was kind of a whirlwind. It was, um, so my senior year, um, my mom was, we were never well off. Um, so I had to work from the time that I was legally allowed to pay for anything I needed, like just even gas alone. Like, wow. Um, she provided what I like, well, what I needed, what I wanted, right. I had to provide. Um, so my senior year, I ended up at a, <laughs> so in Seattle, it's not, a, I didn't realize it wasn't a thing like really anywhere else. Um, I ended up at this, like it's a lingerie coffee stand, like drive. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, uh, do they, are they hiring? Cause that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. And it was a huge thing back when I was in high school and they still so have those. Well, there's definitely some in Seattle. Yeah. I, I remember driving through, not through one, but through and seeing one being like, was that girl in a bra? Honestly, best coffee. <laughs> <laughs> the we tips are this, great too. We have this thing in Seattle. <laughs> it's called white coffee and I've never been able to find it anywhere else except for these little weird lingerie coffee stands um and it's literally like less bitter but more caffeine and it's like it's a white coffee bean Ooh. and it's so good <laughs> i have green coffee in my cabinet and it's supposedly like i wonder if that's a similar thing because it, it says less is. bitter it, it says less bitter is. um i'm just gonna put so on a bra and make coffee <laughs> i i was working at this lingerie coffee stand through senior year and um which was a whole nother thing when everybody found out, but, uh, the boss was verbally abusive. And after a while I, and this was, so after graduation, I kept going, um, kept working there. And then I was, I had already moved out. I moved out right after graduation. Um, I was putting myself through college and living on my own. So, one day my boss, like I couldn't take it anymore. And I just like quit on the spot, which wasn't the best <laughs> thinking. I think it's the best. Well, fuck him. Well, like, what, yeah. would he, what would he say? Like, how was he verbally abusive? Honestly, I don't even remember. Oh God, that's um, so gross. I do remember like he would drive through the stand to like check on everything, but like it always felt not like he was checking on like the he stand. was checking. Yeah. Um, oh. and he was just mean. I just remember him being mean. And I was just like, Fuck no, 
I like come here. I work here six days a week for you because your other bitches don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. So, so fuck um, you. I'm out. Yeah. So I quit on the spot and then I was like, well, fuck, I need a job. And at the time, a friend of mine was waitressing at a strip club down the street, Deja Vu Lake City. And <laughs> she was like, hey, like, just come, um, come waitress until you find another job. They'll hire you literally today. Um, so I did and they, they hired me literally, I started working the next day. Like, um, so I started waitressing and I met all the girls. And of course, like every time you go to like serve a guy, they're like, why aren't you on the stage? Oh my God. You're beautiful. I'd spend so much money on you. Like all this stuff. And I was still like, no, no, no. And then, uh, as I got to know some of the girls that were the dancers, um, when it was dead, we would like fuck around and they would like teach me tricks on the pole and I was, like, ah! having fun with it. And then you just also get, you're watching all of these girls on the stage get, and in Seattle, it's full nude because there's no alcohol. Yeah. No alcohol. I mean, there's just- no alcohol in the strip club so that they can get fully nude. I mean, I w- I'm gonna open up a, a fucking beer tent outside of strip clubs in Seattle. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna open up a tequila t- a tut, right? <laughs> um, so you just kind of get numb to the idea of being on stage. It becomes normal, um, and you meet all these girls, and they're great girls. And you're like, oh, this isn't this isn't what you think it like. What I used to think it was. Um, and then one day, it was around Halloween. I remember that for some reason. It was around Halloween, and they didn't have enough girls come in, dancers come in. And so my boss took me in the office, and he was like, hey, I know um, you've been, like, thinking about it, um, but if you want – I don't have enough people. If you want to start dancing, I'll waive your, like, your rent for the week. Um, I'll buy you your first two outfits – and you can just start today. He's like, can you put and on a like, strawberry shortcake uniform? I need you to get on stage real quick. <laughs> That's right. You have to like strippers rent the poles. Yeah, it was like, well, and what's funny is there was a lawsuit that happened after I had already like well left. I left Seattle. I was in L.A. for years by the time I got this letter. Um, there was a lawsuit because apparently you're not allowed to do that. I didn't. I know that, but it was like a hundred. It's a shady business. I mean, it definitely like the rules, the rules are made by men to make money off of the girls who should be making all the money. It's, this isn't a fucking hair salon. You know what I mean? Like this is a different type of business. A hundred dollars a night um, or day, whatever. You could work as many hours or as less hours as you wanted to, um, but you had to pay a hundred dollars to be there. And how many girls would, would worked at the place that you worked at? I don't know what the full roster was, um, but maybe like a dozen, uh, maybe like a baker's I, dozen. No, I mean, I think it was like <laughs> at least 20. I mean, so this guy's uh, he's he's making his money each night. These girls. I mean, I know everyone's not on the clock, on the cock, on the clock <laughs> every night. But, you know, it's just it's such a such a shady hard business yeah. for women to like get ahead. No pun intended. No <laughs> pun intended. How long from the, when you started working till you actually got on stage and did your first night? About a month. And do you remember like, were you so nervous that first so night? Nervous. Oh my God. So, so what did nervous. you do to prepare? Like how do strippers prepare? I drank. <laughs> I drank a lot. We like because we had lockers in like the dressing room or whatever. And it was funny because each girl like had their own vice. So like we pretty much had a whole bar back there between all the girls' lockers. And there was like a whole like smorgasbord of drugs to choose from. So it was like Oh, that sounds so fun. <laughs> honestly, that's why I say every girl should strip all they can. It it was honestly, I loved it for like the first three months I was having the time of my life. I felt powerful and confident and I like loved the girls I worked with most of them. Um, 
And I didn't see it as degrading at all for a while. Um, for a while. For a while. How long was your entire career? Five months. So if you include the month of waitressing. Right. And so when you say for a while, what changed? Um, it was actually like an outside experience that like I was getting treated really badly by a guy that I was seeing. And so in my head, I was like, fuck men, fuck men, fuck men suck. And I would go to work and I would have that same mentality. So when I'm on stage, I'm literally like in my head wanting to like, beat every man looking at me like it was not <laughs> I was like fuck all of these people I'm why am I on this pole right now for them they don't deserve me blah, blah, blah. like it was all this whole thing and um but it was I still would I wouldn't take back that whole experience ever no I think and that's you know what I say like it's empowering you it know, is. it's, it's, it, there's so many the people shape of my life too. I, yes. Like that's, people don't realize the physicality that goes along with good strippers and strippers that are actually, you know, doing work, pull work and all the tricks. Like it takes so much muscle to hold up your own body weight. I don't and, even know if I could do it right now. I mean, girl, listen, you get a, I'm going to bring tequila to your place and we're just going to f- work on your suspension well, rod. A 30 pole that's like bolted. <laughs> Do you think, cause I think this is a, a conversation that people, um, it's a polarizing ideology because, you know, I'm somebody who's so open to it and I think it's amazing and, and empowering, but there are people who don't think that they think the opposite. Do you think that you can be a stripper and be a feminist? I think so. I think so too. If you're, I mean, if you're stripping for the sole reason that you feel empowered by it, then you're not doing any harm to yourself or any, like you're not putting a bad name on women. Exactly. And you're, it's a choice and you're using your body and your expression to make money. Like, so what's different? What's the difference besides that and like some woman dumbing down her true gift because she wants to work a job that's safe. To me, that's yeah. that's more anti-feminist than somebody embracing themselves and their body. I mean, and it's the same idea or same concept as you work in, a, in an environment where you're being sexually harassed by a superior, but you're not saying anything because you want to move ahead. Like you're essentially in this, that's the same mindset or actually it's a worse mindset than a stripper because a stripper is technically being sexually harassed, but I'm doing that to basically use you to get money. Right. They're doing it to try to get ahead, which they don't even know if they're ever going to. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, it's baffling. Like (laughs) that's such a great way to put it. It's just like, this is, it's very clear what the difference is. What what do you think? When you're a stripper, you're in control. Right. Exactly. And of what is going on. And you also can set your own boundaries and, well, speaking yeah. of boundaries, what goes on in those fucking back rooms? There's always like the thing behind the stage in it. There's like a cloud of dry ice. That comes out. And then the champagne room. Yeah, the champagne room. Um, that is, uh, I mean, obviously there are laws, um, but it's also kind of up to you um, what you choose to do. And also there's a lot of like my strip club wasn't very strict on their girls they kind of just let them do whatever the fuck they wanted even though it would be against the law um but you guys were fully nude that has to open up more opportunity for there to be things that elevate the laugh dances okay Uh, i'm just picturing like the box oh it's fine my dog is over here having a sneeze attack i don't know if you can hear him he's like (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it, I forgot what the question was. I was, I, I actually just ended saying I'm over here imagining butthole on denim, like for the lap dances. Cause oh, you, it was fully. Yeah, yeah. So when you so do lap dances, dances, you put clothes back on. Yeah. So after stage, cause like the way it works is like, you go on stage. Also you get to pick like your whole performance. So you pick your songs and your outfits and like your whole kind of persona. 
Um, and you can change your persona every time. You can just tell the DJ what, like, um, what, like, I don't even know what we called it, what performance we wanted to do. I right. always just turn one, but whatever. What was um, your song? Did you have one song? I, we always had a two song. Okay. And I would dance to Evanescence. <laughs> what? Which Evanescence song? Oh, um, Call Me When You're Sober. And... Oh my gosh, what was the other one? It was whatever their other like really big hit was. Daddy, where are you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it was it was cool. I had like I, my whole thing was like this badass. Vibe. Yeah. I had, like, mo- this monster energy drink when monster they had the because you know how they're like a skull mm-hmm. face or whatever. So I had this like t-shirt. So I cut it like really short. So like my under boob was out. And um I would wear like these black like boy short, whatever's and black stripper heels. And I just had this like badass vibe and I would get up and it would be Evanescence. And we had this whole thing with the lights, like strobe lights and like, and whenever the beat would drop or she would start screaming or whatever, like it was this whole thing. It was I'm great. Chills. It was really I have fun. like chills. It was really fun. So it's funny now because every time Evanescence come on, um, <laughs> I'll like, I just drop into it, do a drop say, split in, in Trader Joe's. <laughs> You do a drop in the produce department. My friends forget. Like, I mean, most of my friends know I was a stripper. I'm sure some of them didn't, and they'll they'll know now. Um, but I, I, every time one a song from Evan Essence come on, I'm like, oh, I used to dance to this song, and then people are like, what? What do you mean you dance to this song? And I'm like, and then they'll be, oh, oh yeah, I forgot you did that. You danced to Evan Essence. It's so, it's so unique of a song to pick. Yeah, it was now when that song comes on, I'm literally going to be imagining you twerking in the air off of a pole. And I and this is the first time you and I have had like a full conversation. So you made Evanescence better, I guess. (laughs) I, I, you know what? I think it was because everyone else was doing all of this like sexy melodic or whatever, and then there was this one girl that was like the hip hop queen. This little white girl, and I will never forget, she was like the best twerker I've ever seen to that point. And this little tiny white chick, she she was amazing. Did she have a booty? Um, and she, she would, she have would have like get naked beezy and like all of these Bay Area underground shit. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> we would have conversations. I'd be like, how are you so skinny? Because this girl was like a size zero. Oh, God. And she was like, girl, I just have a lot. And I was like, she was sex more. I'm not doing it right. Apparently, <laughs> what did she say she does? She has sex a lot. Oh. that's how she stays thin. I was like, I'm clearly not having sex correctly. Oh, I mean, I'm not losing weight. <laughs> you need to make it more aerobic. Maybe she's twerking on dicks, and that's how she keeps. I it mean, up. maybe. <laughs> I just, I was just so every time she went on stage, I was like, <laughs> she was one of the girls that taught me how to strip. A little skinny white girl? A little skinny white girl. That wow. and then this girl Mercedes. Well, that was her stripper name. Um, I don't think I even know where her real name was. Did you have um, a stripper name? I'd even ask you that. You did at the show, Eva. <gasps> that's right. It was Eva. I did ask you. Oh, that's right. It's, it's, see, you're, that's a classy. You're a unique one. See, I knew it. You're a unique one. Evanescence and Eva? Come on. Yeah. Most girls are like... Pour some sugar on me. My name is Chastity Belt. <laughs> what do you think is like the biggest misconception about girls who strip? Who they are. Mm. What did you um, learn from the girls you, cause you said you got to spend time with them. What, what did yeah. you learn about them? So I met, there were so many different reasons and different kinds of people that were there. And like, there was this one lady who literally was a lady. Um, she had been stripping for like 20 years Damn. at the same place. Damn. Like, and that bitch pulled in money. She had so many regulars that literally would. There was a point when I was in school that I had to work day shift. Oh, so like Ooh. no one came in. Or yeah, like, like cops and robbers. Literally, all of her regulars come in on day shift. She only worked day shift. She worked for like five hours. All of her regulars would come in on her. She had regulars for every day of the week. <gasps> like this bitch was pulling in money. She's like J Lo from. And she's like forty, and she had kids. Oh my god! Oh my god. Like <gasps> she had crazy. a whole fucking family. See, I can start now. It was, it was crazy. 
And, and she was just, that, that was just her job. She had like, she had a whole life outside of the, of the club. And like, it was just, that was, that was a normal, like a normal job. Like she didn't act any different. She never did like prostitution. She was just, she danced and that was it. And, and she was a mom. She probably and danced when the kids were in school. Yeah. This, all the women out there who are listening, who are like, I don't know what to do with my life. How do I, I can't pay. Put your kid in daycare and go get them titties out on a pole. And yeah. get, that, get that dollar dollar. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then Mercedes, who ended up being one of my closest friends at the, at the club, um, it was the same thing. She, she had a fiance. Um, she had a business as wow. well. Um, but then she stripped her extra money and she actually would come, she would work at ours, but then like once a month for a weekend, she would go to Atlanta and pull in 10 grand. Oh my God. The featuring, they do features. Mm-hmm. They go so around. She would like go around and she made so much money. She actually became really, I became really close with her. Um, she ended up, I had a fight with my family on Thanksgiving one year and I left in the middle of dinner and she lived on the street. I actually went to her house. She cooked me a whole Thanksgiving dinner. Her and her fiance. First of all, I was just thinking how much we look alike with our fucking Guido gold chains. Okay. And our black tank tops. <laughs> Second of all, one Thanksgiving, I had a huge fight with my family and I left as well. We are the same person. <laughs> I've always dreamed of being a stripper. You were a stripper. So basically, you. you did it for me. I'm living vicariously through you. I, I, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, and my fans who listen know I've always, you know, I'm always intrigued by strippers. And I hosted the Exotic Dancers Award in Vegas last year, two years ago. And it's like, well, probably not last year. Last year was COVID. Oh, that's right. It's right. 2019. What year is it? I don't even know what year we're in right now. 2019. And these girls, this one bitch is like the best strippers from all over the country. Thousands of people show up for this event in Vegas. Have you heard of it? The, the- I think I did because I think one of our girls competed in it when I was doing it. Would this, would it have been, no, this is probably wasn't 2019. It was probably no. a while ago. Yeah. Um, this one chick came out dressed as the motherfucking predator with the fucking his weapon and did a did a dance to like predator music, like the video game music and the movie music. And it was like all these strobe lights. She looked like a fu- it was like the predator was on stage. And I'm like, what is going on? And then, like, you know, this isn't something that I think is like standard for strippers but sometimes there is a shift in the dance like mm-hmm. they'll come out and there's like a, re- a surprise or a reveal where the music changes and the dance changes and so that happened obviously i'm like i don't know how this stripper thing how this predator thing's gonna get sexy then she like just does this like starfish pose and her clothes fly off and she has got the most incredible body i've ever seen in my life and then proceeds to do moves that defy the laws of gravity and, and bodily. Oh, I'm sure. I, some of these girls, one girl was a gymnast and she would jump from one pole to the other. Oh my like, God. Like a fucking the, like, fruit fly. Like it was the crazy. I, she, and I remember like a goddamn like, sugar glider. Yeah. And she wasn't like a nor she didn't work like full time. So like I had never seen her before the first time I saw, well, obviously since the first time I saw her, um, but everybody had to tell me about it. Like, Oh, she comes in, um, every once in a while to perform, but she like is like, she travels around to put on this performance and she it's her training for the competitions. Oh, and wow. She used to be a gymnast. Wow. Yeah. And so she does all this crazy stuff on the pole. And I just remember watching, I was like, Bitch, what, what the fuck are we, we're doing? What, yeah, what are we just going to show us? Like, I'm really Bill Burr. That. Yeah. I'm like, why am I even doing comedy? When you watch somebody who's so good, you're like, I can't, what the fuck is that? How, yeah. how is he doing that? It's Crazy. the same shit. Okay, this but may be a stupid that, question. What? Uh, this may be a stupid question. There was a okay. there's this Italian site called Grazia, and um, they have all these great questions for strippers. That's where I'm, some of these questions are coming from. Um, one question was, "What can you <laughs> can you strip on your period?" Yes. How do you do it? <laughs> I feel like it's such um, a, especially at your club where it was 
fully oh, milked. You and they literally the you, up. you a tampon and you push that string up in there. Damn, you plug the hole like in a whole plug new way. The hole. Wow. Yeah. And like you've already said, you it's not that difficult to hold down a relationship. It sounded like you had a tumultuous second time I've used that word in this podcast, a tumultuous <laughs> relationship with somebody who I'm I'm assuming and hoping you kick to the fucking curb. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I had a lot of tumult- I can't even say that word. T- um, tumultuous. 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 Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. You, um, it sounds better coming out of your mouth than mine. I, <laughs> I actually didn't even have like a real relationship until I was 20. So it was well after. Well, not well yeah. after, but a couple years after. Yeah. Strip life. What, um, what shocked you the most in your whole career, in your careers as a stripper? Like what was something that you'll never forget or maybe something that you just were like, whoa. It was, it was actually one dancer. Um, she, her name was hope. Her stripper name was hope. Um, Isn't that cute? Yeah. The dudes. Uh, After like, I think it was after like a month, I finally got to like really talk to her. And the reason she was stripping was because she had cancer and her insurance wasn't paying all of her medical bills. And that, See, was the only, that was the only way she could afford to keep up with her treatment. That's why people, you, I'm so glad, not that she had cancer, but I'm so <laughs> glad that you agreed to do this because I wanted to break the stigma. Like, and you know, I, I worked in a strip club for a day, a day and a half when I was in New York it was flash dancers on 51st and Broadway and I need money. I was broken. I went in, I was a waitress and I just got freaked the fuck out. And I, reg- I, I don't have any regrets, but I really wish I would have just kind of done what you did, like stayed and got to know the girls and, and, you know, broke my judgment of what I thought everything was just cause I was such a wide eyed doughy deer. I didn't know anything. Yeah. But you know, there's so many misconceptions about strippers and one of them is that they're dumb. The other is that they all have daddy issues and that they're sluts. And it's like, this is a perfect example of somebody who really needed to f- figure something out. Was she yeah. was she good at stripping? Yeah. Yeah. And she had the cutest little body shoes, this little, this little thing. And you never would have known. And I don't even know how she did it. I'm like, if you're going through chemo right now, how the fuck are you doing this? Like, how the Fuck. I mean, most people, when they go through chemo, they're so exhausted. Did she lose her hair? I, I, I remember her hair being short. Mm. So I don't know if it was like a wig of short hair. Or... I mean, you could do a buzz cut and that's a, there's, that's a vibe. That is it. Well, nowadays, not back then. It wasn't. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> back then they wanted like that long ass, my, my dirty ass. <laughs> I look like a stripper who just, it was like, oh, I just, it's Sunday morning. My shift's over. I've had a long weekend. <laughs> I don't know why I sound like that. <laughs> what um do you have any regrets about your career as a stripper I don't um I I kind of look back and I just look at how lucky I was um because I did it did take a toll on me towards the end because I was so I was 18 I didn't know who I was at that point I was still figuring myself out and so when you're put in that situation you're you're you end up forming this perception that you need to, that you think is real and you think that, yeah, I can handle it. I'm strong enough for this. I'm like good, but then you're not noticing the toll it's taking on you. And so towards the last like month I was self-medicating throughout all of it. I couldn't, I couldn't get on the stage or do lap dances sober. How were you, what were you self-medicating with? Um, that's when I started Coke. Wow. Um, and drinking as well. What? And drinking. Oh yeah. Lots of drinking. Yeah. Um, and it actually wasn't, I didn't leave. I didn't really leave on like my, I didn't like have an epiphany and like leave. It was an all the restaurant, my last restaurant job, um, before I started the bikini stand, um, one of the chefs, ended up coming in didn't I mean nobody knew what I was doing um he ended up coming in and saw me 
and we talked for a little bit. And then literally that like two days later, he brought in like my entire staff. Were you mortified? I was mortified, but then at this, so they came in while I was on stage. That was mortifying. I would have been like, motherfuckers, um, get your money out. You better start tipping because I know you guys have cash was, on yeah, you. Was, and I was the young one. Like, I I was the youngest of that whole restaurant serving crew. So the, it was servers and bartenders that all came in that um, I used to hang out with when I worked there. Boys and girls? Boys and girls. Because it would have been creepy if it was just the dudes. I like <laughs> that they, the whole, they came to support you. <laughs> no, and they came when the chef guy told him I was there and they, they came to take me out. They um, had talked to our boss and got my job back <gasps> and came in and was like, look, the, you're not, this isn't for you. And we, here I am thinking they're to, like, let's do shots. Let me get no. a lap dance. They're like, get off the fucking stage. John. They, yeah. They were like, we, we talked to Brian, your serving jobs waiting for you. If you want, if you want it, um, we just think that you're better than this. And you left. And I left. And I went back to my restaurant job. So if you could talk to your younger self, what, what would you say to her before she got, before she started stripping or even in any time in that era for you? I don't know. It's hard because it's like, it would be easy for me to say, oh, like, be stronger. You're better than that. Don't don't even think that you can't do better. But at the same time, I wouldn't know that without right. having gone through it. It's a great point. Sometimes you have like, to go through the shit in order to shine. And yeah, and worth honestly, it. I appreciate my knowledge of those, of, like, that, those people, like, the strippers and the porn stars, like, because now I am way more open-minded. I don't have that stigma anymore. I don't have that stereotype within me. So when other, and now I can educate others. And like, even when my friends crack jokes about it, I'm like, well, no, <laughs> like. That's what you have to do with the same thing with like racism and ignorant people. You're like funny, but yeah, here's what the real yeah. deal is. And like, I do wish that I didn't have, it didn't translate into drugs and like because I ended up having a problem for a year and but at the same time again like if I wouldn't have had that problem I wouldn't have met certain people that have that weren't necessarily good for my life but they also taught me a lot about who I am and And they put me into situations where I learned how how to handle situations how I would have liked situations to be handled and so now I project that into my life now where if I, I look at situations happening around me to people that I love and I know exactly how they're going to feel or react because of all of the experiences I've had to deal with in my life. So I can empathize and actually understand what they're going through and feel that and actually be there in a, in a real sense rather than the, Hey, I'm here for you kind of sense. Yeah. Well, it's really beautiful. It it truly is. And I, I'm a firm believer that you have to, not you have to, but when you go through very hard times that they reveal miracles to you down the road, you know, there's a gift in all the experiences we have and going through challenging eras of our lives are the most important life changing and life meaning the giving your life meaning in, in your entire lifespan, you know, the hard times are the ones that really show you what you're capable of. Um, I guess, I guess my last question is what would you say to any girl or woman who's listening, who's considering starting to strip? What advice would you give her? I would say go into it knowing a boundary, your boundaries. Don't, don't go into it blindly because then you open yourself up to doing things that you might regret later. Um, and also ha- like own it. Don't go into yeah. it. Don't go into it embarrassed or shamed that you have to do it. If you have to do it, if you're, do- if you are considering it because you have to make money, you have to do, you have to live. 
then you're you're not going to feel empowered. You're right. not going to, and you're going to fall into the shameful spiral that will follow you after you leave. If Damn. you even can get out, because if you're so ashamed, you might not be able to leave. Girl, you're <laughs> dropping all sorts of fucking knowledge on this shit. <laughs> she said this shit's going to follow. It follows. It follows. The shame, the shame shadow is going to be, hey, hey, remember that shit? Oh, yeah. You're not yeah. worth it. You're not worth it. That's so fucking insane. I wrote a paper. I actually wrote it when I, because I was in school. I was in college um, while I was there. And I think it was like English class or something. I had to write a paper about uh, a challenge or something. And I wrote about stripping and my English teacher pulled me aside after class. And he was like, I want to say that I appreciate you being so honest. Do you still have the paper? I don't think so. God. I wish I did. Okay. I have a lot of my old school papers and poems and shit, but I don't think I have that one anymore. You should look and find and research and put that in your book. Yeah. That would I be haven't really even cool. like, touched. I'm like, I. it's already so long just with like an outline. And I'm like. I know it's daunting, but that's just an it idea. Is. Like it'd it's be daunting. really cool that, you know, to show what you were thinking, especially in a like collegiate fashion. It's hard you're in to that. remember some of the things too. Like I'm, I'm trying to like go back and like remember different scenarios. And then I feel like maybe after I look at the scenarios, I can go back and like try to remember. Okay. So let's put myself back in this scenario. What was I thinking at this time? Like, right. It's hard enough on this guy's lap. It smells like sausage. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I truly love you. Can you please come out to all my shows when I'm in LA? You have a, you have a life. I was there because of Jonathan. Oh, he's one of my, I was just with him last night. He says hi, by the way. He told me to tell you he says hi. Uh, Yeah. He's one of my best friends. Oh, that's amazing. You have a lifetime free ticket to any show I ever do. And if I ever host the ED Awards again, you'll have to come with me and yes. maybe we'll get you get you up on stage. Let's Wait, go to let me try. together. Like, my knees hurt, but I'll, let me try to get on this thing. <laughs> with your walker. <laughs> we'll both go when we're like elderly. That would be amazing. Okay. What um now you're a fashion stylist, so tell all my fans where they can find you, tell them your IG and where they can follow you and all that. Um, you basically just IG for now. I have a website, but that's more for like work. Um, so my IG is I am a M J Mani, my last name, M A N I. You are a beam of light and you're so <laughs> profound and I appreciate you sharing your insight and being really candid about it. Cause you know, like I said, we met at a show and I was like drawn to you. <laughs> So I really, I really do appreciate you sharing your time and your story. Yeah. I think it's well, you fascinating. Me, you caught me at a good time because it's actually a time where I am coming to, like, I want to share my story. That's and beautiful. I want to, I want to help. My goal is to become the role model I didn't have. <laughs> Girl, you're, break, you're like, you're like giving me chills and breaking my heart at the same time. I, that's, and you will be. You are and you will be. And, and that's a really powerful thing. And you're doing something that is of service to other people. And that's so important in this world where so many people are drowning in their own thoughts and their own sorrow. So I fully support that endeavor for you. Any way I can help you, let me know whether if you start a podcast or if you start some sort of it's platform. Works, actually. Well, you let me know. And any way I can help you, I am there for you. Um, awesome. But let's stay in touch. Let's be yes. real friends. Yes, please. For real. But thank Anytime you. Anytime you're so in LA, call me. I will. Except you I will. have to have my number. I think we just DM right now. I'll, uh, DM me your number and we'll okay. be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start texting you things I want to learn on a poll and then we'll, we're going to exchange services. Let's go. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, Bye. anytime. Become the new whore uniform. When did that happen? Was there a big old whole convention and all the hoes got together and said, we need something new. Something that just says nasty. And one girl said, I got it, clear heels. Ooh, girl, you disgusting. You alright. Now I got nothing against strippers. I got nothing against strippers. Somebody's gotta do it. 
Somebody has to take on the monumental responsibility that the strippers do. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody has to entertain the married men of America. Somebody has to do it. Okay? Your wife, you know, your wife will take care of you, but she ain't going to entertain you. You give your wife some clear heels, what the fuck is that shit? Get this whole shit out my house. Now wash your hands so you can eat. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.